making things change and turn around. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're glad you're here tonight. Tonight's going to be a, a little different. And, uh, but it's, it's, I believe it's important before we go on. We've been speaking. We started towards a series on Proverbs and it turned into a meek and submissive attitude and submission to the Word of God. And it has just grown into different areas, just following the leading of the Holy Spirit. And one thing, if you open your Bibles with me, I want to show you something here in Acts chapter 6. Uh, as we get into the message tonight, Acts chapter 6. How many of you know they knew what they were doing in Acts chapter 6? They knew what they were doing in Acts chapter 1. Amen? They were following the word of the Lord. He said, Terry. Didn't make much sense, but they tarried. He said, uh, wait, and they waited. And then they just kept getting instructions. And I want you to see here in Acts chapter 6 something very important. Uh, verse 2. Well, in verse 1, the widows were being neglected of receiving their food and everything. And so they were uptight about it. In verse 2, then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. And it says, Seek out among you. It says in verse 4, But we will give ourselves, say give ourselves. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. We will what? Give ourselves. We will what? Give ourselves. And, and so, one of the things I want to share with you about that, in the book of Acts, and all through the Word of God, and as we study tonight, the Word has to be one of the most, the Word has to be top priority in our lives. We have to give ourselves continually to it. Thank God, yes, the fivefold ministry, thank God we have our, our job is to pray and stay in the Word of God and feed the sheep and bless the sheep. But you know, religion has taken the ministry and this today, you are a good pastor if you will go cut somebody's grass or rake their yard or or dig their ditch or or uh, different things like that. That I mean, we want to hire a pastor who's going to be seeker friendly and people friendly. And you got to do those different things. I've helped uh, tear down houses that were burnt and stuff like that. But a lot of times we see ministers are supposed to be good hard workers in the labor field, but. Really, the Word of God, if you want to see God move and the church grow, you've got to give yourself continually to prayer and to the Word of God. The credentials for a ministry and to servants and priests of the Lord Most High is not how well you can rake a yard and cut a grass. It's how well you can study, pray, and fast. But it's not just the fivefold ministry. What I want to encourage you about is every one of us born again believers, we've got to give ourselves to the Word. And I want to just help you with some things tonight and share some things with you to encourage you in those areas. And I want you to look with me in John chapter 6. If we would give ourselves, I shared with you a few Sundays ago, that they were six hours receiving the Word given from the prophet Ezra. If we would give ourselves to the Word, can you imagine the transformation that would take place in us and the transformation that would take place in the church and in the world? John six sixty three. This is a message from Christ in John chapter 6, verse 63. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Listen to that. The words. Everybody say that with me. The words. The words, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life or alive. Let me ask you this. How many of you want to do with oxygen for the next two days? Without oxygen. Why? Because it is life. How many want to go the next month without food and water? Why? It is life. Then why do we not take what Jesus said? My words are spirit and they are life. They are alive and they give life. And just like you wouldn't want to do without the air you breathe or the water you drink, you do not want to do without reading the word of God because the more you read life, the more life you get. Amen. And uh, let me show you something else. First Corinthians chapter 14. I, I just want to show you a few things about the Word being alive. 
And if you want something to come alive, you get in the Word, which is life. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 37. We're sure glad you're here on Discipleship Night as we just take the Word and we study it. But how many know we're studying about submission to God's Word? Is our high, is the Word of God is the highest authority that we have, the Word of God. He's placed His Word above His name. And so we've got to submit to this Word and study it and make it our priority, and then it'll become authority. 1 Corinthians 14, 37. Look at this with me. Verse 37, it says, If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, some yo-yos are going around trying to steal Paul's churches. And they're sounding very spiritual. And listen... It's amazing. I got a phone call yesterday. There's a lot of these people go around and they want to sound real spiritual. And, and uh, they even told some of the members here that I'm not very deep because I don't get into all kind of different things. But listen to what it says here. If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. But if anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant. This, in the Greek, this is what Paul is saying. The minute they speak words and they're full of man's pride and man's wisdom. The moment I write a word, it comes alive and is inspired by the Holy Spirit and it will never die. That's why the world says, how can they still they continue to believe an old book? Because it's not an old book, it's an everlasting word. And Paul is saying, the minute I start writing something down, it's all breathed on by the Holy Spirit. It's all breathed and spoken by God. So the minute I write it down, it's as real as if you would hear from God's mouth Himself. He said, you can take it to the bank. Whatever I'm going to write down, you can take it to the bank. It is Spirit and it is life. Amen. It is the inspiration. The moment he writes it, it comes into the place of highest authority. So how many of you know something like that must be, has to be part of our, our highest uh, priority? Amen. It's not just getting something and laying it on the shelf. He expects us to live by his word every day. Amen. So we understand the word of God is important. It's infallible. It builds our faith. It's what we believe. It's what we practice. It's our lifestyle. It's part of our character. Look with me in John chapter 14, please. I'm just giving you a foundation here. John chapter 14. You do not want to go any time at all without the living Word of God. John chapter 14. I'll be living, reading this in the Living Translation. John chapter 14. Let's start with verse 15. If you love me, how many of you love the Lord? Amen. Obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate, helper, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all, what? All truth. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. He leads into all truth. And he, the world cannot receive Him because He is... Uh, because they aren't looking for Him and don't recognize Him. But you know Him because He lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans, so I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me since I live and also, you also will live. Jump down to verse 21. Those who accept my commandments and obey them. Now remember I shared with you that submission and meekness means I won't argue with what God has to say about the situation. I'm not going to try to get my own way here. Thy will be done as it is in heaven, as it is in the word, so shall it be in my life. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each one of them. Jump down to verse 23. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and will come and make our home with each of them. Now, how many of you know Jesus has put a lot of emphasis on the importance of you say you love me, show me by getting in my word, by submitting, by obeying. 
And by submitting, obeying, you've got to know what my word has to say. Just jump over to chapter 15 and let me read one verse here. Uh, John chapter 15, verse 10. He's continued speaking about love and the word. And in John 15, 10, it says, when you, when you obey my commandments, you remain. When you remain in my word, you remain in my love. When you remain in my truth, you remain in the truth and the truth sets you free. When you remain in my peace, my peace remains in you. When you remain in my word, you remain in my love. Then it goes on to say, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. Amen. Now look at Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16. Thank God we have a desire to remain in His word. You wouldn't come out on a Wednesday night if you didn't have a desire to get in His word. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 16 verse 16. I thought I'd just start with verse 16. Because it's got a little something in there. The King James says, Greet one another with a holy kiss. Okay, I was wondering what type of response I'd get out of that. So anyway, let me read in the Living Bible. Greet each other in Christian love. Is that better? Or would y'all rather kiss? (laughs) <laughs> in Argentina, they, everybody kisses on both cheeks. And you love the ones who don't have any teeth because it just comes down and it all runs down here. I'd get home with brown streaks like I had coffee all over my face. But they did it in love. Sweet slobber, just like you kids. All the churches of Christ send you their greeting. Now look, verse 17. And now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. you got to know the Word, church. In the last days, people are going to come with strange doctrines. They're going to come, just like uh, these people were calling me, asking me questions. This man uses math and it sounds so awesome and all this other stuff and talks sorcery and witchcraft and Holy Ghost and talks all this same type of stuff. And it sounds very interesting to someone who doesn't know the Word of God, but someone who knows discernment understands there's something wrong here. I always love Till Osborne. He says, always preach Christ. Always preach the gospel. But listen. You gotta know the word so that anybody teaching anything contrary, it says stay away from them. Church, let me just share this something with you mature people that I know you want to go around and transform people. But listen, if they are in error and they're in false doctrine, it may not be your job or your mantle or it may not be the time for you to go correct them out of their deception. Even among family. You have to pray and be led by the Spirit of God. When is the right time to confront them or talk to them about what they believe? Because if they're not ready, you don't throw the pearls before the swine. If they're, they won't wear something if they're not made to wear it, in other words. So you, you take your time and you pray and you seek God. And it says right here, the Word of God says, the Word of God says, stay away from them. Verse 18 says, Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They are serving their own personal interest. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent. Mm. Innocent people. But everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. And this makes me very happy. I want you to be wise in doing right and stay innocent of any wrong. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Just stay in the Word. Stay in the truth. Somebody says, they come around like one of the things I was asking the, the, these people yesterday. Well, do they, do they show you scriptures? Oh, he's got his Bible with them. He's got his Bible, but does he open it up and does he confirm what he's telling you? It's two different things. It has to line up with the Word of God. Do they belong to a local church? Do they have a fellowship with, or they, do they have a pastor and a covering? All these things are important. And so since I was confronted with this situation yesterday and today, I just want to remind you, try and know their spirits. Who's their covering? There are people who are living free, just fancy free, living in their truck. 
And they're going around with all this stuff that sounds, sounds pretty, sounds like the Matrix. But it doesn't sound gospel. And so we gotta be careful of these things. Now look with me in James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Now I'm not talking about nobody here. Y'all know that. Cause it's quiet. Everybody, everybody quiet. I ain't talking about you. James chapter 1, look at verse 19. The wrath of God. No. I'm just picking. Verse 19. I'm just trying to get your attention. I'm trying to see if you're here tonight. Verse 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Verse 21. Now watch this. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Overflow of wickedness. And look at this now. And receive. Say with me, receive. Receive. With meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls heal your body heal your emotions provide your needs give you guidance receive the engrafted word and we're going to get more into the grafted word later on but it says verse 22 but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer he is like a man observing his face his natural face in a mirror for he observes it and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man or who he was but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it didn't we read in Acts chapter 6 continually in the word and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work this one will be blessed this one will be what this one will be what oh bless me bless me bless me father for I have sinned no 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 get in the word Lay apart all that overflow. Lay apart that wickedness. Get hunger for the Word of God. How do you, how does some young man cleanse his way from, from the sin? By loading his heart up with the Word of God. Don't you want this? No. I found a desire. I want this. Don't you want this? No. I'm smoking something better than you, Pancho. I don't want that. I want this. Amen. So we need the truth of the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit wants to reveal things in His Word. Now look with me, John chapter 14. John chapter 14. John 14, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I said to you. Isn't it awesome how the Father, God the Father, sent His Son, His Son died, paid the price for us and ascended and then sent the whole father sent the holy spirit as jesus was coming up the holy spirit was coming down and the holy spirit is within us and upon us to not only teach us the way of god and the kingdom of god but also to remind us of the words of god and so i don't only need a relationship with this word i need a relationship with the father with the son and with the holy spirit I need a relationship with the Holy Spirit who's been sent to me to teach me, to remind me, to confirm to me. And and as I continually stay in the Word of God, the Holy Spirit continues to teach me and and remind me and bring things up. Do you remember what I said in Luke 4.18? No, Lord, then go look it up. Do you remember what I said in 1 Peter 2.24? No, then go look it up. No, I, I need a healing. No, you need a word. Go look at first two twenty first Peter two twenty four. What does it say? By his stripes we were healed. Oh, I guess I need that. Yeah, you need that. That's why the Holy Spirit is there to show us, to correct us, to receive the Word of God with the meekness of the Word of God. Now look with me at first Peter uh, chapter one. First Peter chapter one. First Peter one verse twenty. You 
You know, as, as I share some things with y'all tonight, I've, I've got probably, this is probably 1% of our library, but I've got some things I'm going to show you because I just don't want to just teach you. I want to teach you how to be taught, how to teach yourself and how to teach others. But you know, one thing about the awesome Word of God and as you get into studies and as the Holy Spirit brings things to life, there's a lot of married couples that say, you know, Pastor, my wife and I, we, we sit around and we eat and everything, but we just don't have nothing to talk about. Let me tell you something. If you and your mate get hungry for the Word of God, you will always have something to talk about. Hey, look, look what I found. Look what the Holy Spirit just showed me. Look what this number means. Look what this means in the Greek. Look what this means in the concordance. Oh, can you look this up for me? And when you have, when you have a couple, when you are a couple, and you say, well, I'm, I'm not married. I don't have a wife. Well, then call your mama or, or, or call your daddy or, or, or find somebody. But get somebody, uh, somebody in church and, and, and call them up and say, look what the Holy Spirit. You know how many times uh, I'll get little notes sometimes with Sister Llewellyn and a few others or, and others will call me or send me an email, send me notes. Do you know, do you know how many times those little messages or confirmations and right where I am, where I'm studying at that moment, just to add to or to confirm or to build up what God is already speaking. And so we will always have communication. Who has time for gossip and small talk when you start walking in the spirit and the revelation of how deep this word is? So if you say, well, my wife and I don't have nothing to talk about, well, there's, there's a whole lot to talk about when you both get in the Word. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through Him believe in God, who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Now look at verse 22. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with pure, with a pure heart. Keeps talking about the Spirit of truth. Keeps talking about obeying the truth. Talks about being purified. Talks about being transformed. It talks about in Second Corinthians being transformed in the image of Christ by beholding Him, seeing His face, His image, His His image in the Word, seeing who He is, and being transformed in that likeness. Don't you want that? Don't you want that? Hey, we're not in church just to go to church, are we? Don't tell me that that, that we've missed it here at Word of Grace. Don't tell me that you're just here because it's the thing to do on Wednesday night because your grandparents did it. Don't tell me that we're just another church just to be another church, but we're a church of hungry, starving children who want to know more of the Word and who want to be able to be edified and be able to edify others. Don't tell me we are just comfortable, lukewarm, mediocre Christians who are not interested in more things of God. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me we're not we're that. Don't tell me we're that. Don't tell me we're a bunch of people that after years are still hung up on, on stuff instead of getting the Word of God to be purified and transformed and having those things broken because of the Spirit and truth working on the inside of us. Amen? Look, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 10. Look at this. Mm, mm, mm. First Corinthians chapter 2. Let's start with verse 9 because I love this. But as it is written. Everybody say written. That is one of the most awesome words. Written as it was written for you. As it was written for you. What was written was written for me. What was written is written for me. Everything written down is written for me. It was written purposely from God for me. As it is written for me, as it is written for my family, as it is written for this church, as it is written for the believers, hallelujah, it is written for you and I. I has not seen nor ear have heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. Verse 10, here we go. But God, but God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all the things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. 
Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Is that powerful? Now we have received... Uh, not the Spirit of God. Verse 13. These things we also speak, not in words which men's wisdom teaches, but with the Holy Spirit teaches. Man, this is divine teaching. This is divine revelation. This is divine knowledge. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. I don't understand this, so I don't worry about it. No. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. There's something in here. That I'm going to dig till I find it. But he who is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is righteously judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Amen. Is that powerful? You can just write this down. First John 2.27 says that the Holy Spirit that we have received, anointing which we have received, abides in us and teaches us the truth. It's not just reading the word, but the word working. As we read it. The Spirit teaching as we read it. So that's why I want to give you a few things. And now I'm going to change around a little bit. I want to give you a little bit of word. And I want to give you some ideas. Uh, And this, if you would go to a Bible school, this is one of the things they would teach you. I'm going to even use their language. So this is one of the things they would teach you. But the first thing you got to get is the gospel according to peanuts. If you're gonna, if you're gonna go somewhere, you, no, this is just a joke, okay? This is a prop. Y'all are serious tonight. Y'all, y'all loosen up. Y'all loosen up. Y'all loosen up. Let's have fun. Let's have fun with this. No, this is a joke, okay? But, but it was a gift. It's not really a joke. Hallelujah. Anyway. Okay. That was a good joke. Yeah. Okay. Number one. If we're gonna grow, if the Holy Spirit's gonna have substance to teach us, If there's going to be revelation, number one, write this down. Scripture memorization. This is going to make you sound simple. If you want to take a nap, take a nap. It's your problem. But this is important. Scripture memorization. And you may say, I've never been able to memorize nothing in my life. I failed. I made an F in English all the way through. Well, listen, that's what's so great about the written Word of God. It's spirit and it's life. And if, you can, if you've never been able to memorize nothing, the Word will engraft in you, become part of you. It's not a matter of you just going over and over and over until you get it. It's amazing. You read it. And it's amazing. Even right now, you're getting more than you even think you're getting. Every time you come to church, you're getting more than you think you were getting. When I was a young teenager, before I even met Cindy, I went to my dad. I said, Dad, I don't feel like I'm growing. He says, and he was shaving. He says, okay, son, what does such and such scripture say? And I quoted it. He says, okay, what does such and such scripture say? And I quoted it. He says, and you telling me you're, you're not getting it. You're getting it. And I didn't know I had all that memorized. But you sit under the word. The Word becomes flesh <laughs> and dwells within you. So, memor- memorization of the Scripture, Joshua 1.8. Memorizing, meditating, not being a forgetful doer. You'll prosper in all that you do. So I want you to understand, number one, Scripture memorization. It's a commitment. Write this down. Scripture memorization is a commitment of hiding God's Word in your heart. He says, if you love my word and you obey my word, you remain in my word, I will remain in you. Scripture memorization is hiding the word of God in your heart. Number two. Another thing you might have heard before is topical studies. Topical studies. Numbers that relate to a single topic such as prayer, repentance, faith, or stewardship. Now, one of the Bibles that we have in the foyer is the Keyword Study Bible. And what's awesome about this little keyword study Bible and a lot of the books, uh, you can get, you know, you can get, I get books for 99 cents on eBay used. They're already underlined. So I could pretend I've already wrote, read it if I hadn't read it because they're already underlined. But anyway, I like buying used books. But also when I can't buy a used book, I get a hardcover because they're cheaper. 
Because, you know, it's expensive to collect different stuff. I understand that. Now, of course, a lot of this stuff, you get one disc and you got it all on your computer. But the Keyword Study Bible, you look up a word and you find a word that, that's interesting. Like, for example, the word believed. And it says number 3982, but it says it in dark numbers, which means it's going to be interpreted in the Greek lexicon. The lexicon is one of your well-known, accepted Greek dictionaries. But also, you'll see another number, 3975, that's not as dark as the other number, which means it's in the Greek Strong's. And so you go in the back, and if it's in the lexicon, it's in, in this part in front of the concordance. And if it's the uh, Strong's, it'll be all the way in the back. And uh, so you can get this, or you can get the Strong's concordance that has every word in the Bible. And you can look it up in the Hebrew, or you can look in the Greek, and I know a lot of y'all know this, but for those who don't know, this is a Strong's Concordance, and it's got every word in the Bible. You, I know you say, well, my Bible's got a concordance. Yeah, that's a little mousy concordance. This is a man's concordance. Because if your Bible can't make her submit, this can make her submit. Hallelujah. No. This is a man-sized concordance. You can look it up and you can look up any word in here and look it up in the Hebrew and the Greek. Uh, y'all ever get one and y'all want us to help you with it? We can show you the different ways how to look up these different words. But what's great is that you can get one of these and then later on you can get two of these which takes those numbers, transforms them into the theological workbook of just the Old Testament. And these two volumes takes one word, puts it in the index, translates it to another number, gives you another number, and gives you more definition that the Strong's don't even give you. And then if you want to even go deeper, what we have back there is what we have up front that is so cheap, or you can get it used, we have the Strong's and the Vines together up on that table. Both of these books in a little bitty book. You have the Strong's Concordance. You say, you're trying to sell. No, I'm not trying to be a salesman. I'm teaching tonight, okay? So I'm not trying to sell because that's not my book table. I don't get a penny off that table. But you know what you get from studying? And this is the Vine's Complete Expository Dictionary. And you look up words in here, and it just <laughs> it just gives you, it just gives you uh, uh, you know, all this good stuff. You know I did that on purpose, huh? <laughs> I was being English like. Anyway, any word you want to study, you can look you can look up these words, knit together, knowledge, the only begotten, and go like two pages on that one word, only begotten. And when you start doing that, I promise you, you're gonna shout. You're gonna get excited, you're gonna get the victory. Because this is just more water upon the seed of the Word of God. And we in America are so blessed to have all this stuff available. We did not have this in Spanish. We did not have the Strong's in Spanish when we were doing that. We didn't have most of this stuff in Spanish. They didn't have this stuff. And they would come and they'd go, Brother Russell, could you find me the definition? Sister Cindy, if you could find me the definition. They didn't even have the Amplified Bible in Spanish. And we have it all in English. We're so blessed. So anyway, we could give you more about that. Number three, inductive Bible study. Careful study of selected pass passages in death, uh, for example, if you want to study a whole section of scriptures, for example, the three temptations of Christ, then you can uh, get the vines, you can get the strongs, you can get the keyword study Bible, and you can take word by word, and you can study, and you can write it down, and you can get all these different things. And then, write this down, biographical studies. Biographical studies. When I say that, For example, biographical studies is when you study people in the Bible. And for example, this book, and we got these books up here so you can write them down and you can look them up. This book right here has, ladies, every woman in the Bible, they have revelation about every woman in the Bible in this book right here. So if you're studying a certain lady, they're in here. 
If you're studying a certain man, every man is in this Bible. And then there, this series also has every angel and angelic manifestation. They also have that too. But every man is in this Bible. Or you can get a book like this one, Bible Personalities, where they take Bible people from the Bible, heroes of the characters, and they, they study about them and they tell you about them. And you can look things up because, you know, I'll, when I study Peter, well, I want to know everything there is to, about Peter. P- Paul, James, Elijah. I want to study them. And you can get, for example, this commentary right here is one of the first commentaries I got in 1983. F.B. Mir, he's one of my favorite. Uh, he's got the whole Bible where he puts, they put the best that they can find uh, in every chapter for you to study. But he has also has volumes and volumes of commentaries written on one Bible, I mean on one book, on one per one character, one personality. And uh, his stuff is awesome. And so A.W. Pink also has a book that thick on just Joshua. And so if you want to study these heroes of the Bible and get revelation, church, I want to encourage you. Instead of reading some stupid thing that's not true, get something that is true. The substance. I mean, you know, it's okay to read some of that other stuff too. I'm not saying that I'm going to get some people mad at me. So, you know, you want to read those uh, fake stuff, you can read the fake stuff. But if you want to read the true stuff, you want to get some substance. And some people say, well, you know, I just got to get entertained. Well, I tell you what, baby, you get in there and you start reading about Paul and Elijah. And, 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 and there's all, there's princesses in the Bible. There's slippers in the Bible. There's chariots in the Bible. I mean, anything you want, it's in there. So anyway, that's biographical studies, okay? Number six, biblical typology. Biblical typology. This is about symbols in the New and the Old Testament. Oh, before I go on, now, if you don't want to spend a lot of money, I've got the perfect thing for you here. And if you want to hurry up and study, these little things are are not much money, and they got... Bunches of them. And when you open it up, it's got a little bit about different heroes of the Bible on both sides. So if you, if you don't like to read much, but you want to read a little bit, well, here's a quick resume on, on these characters. On these characters. And here's the 12 disciples. You want to know how they died? It's all right here. You want to know what they did? You want to know what countries they ministered in? It's all right here. All of these truths. You may say, you know what? I've never been taught about all that. Well, here it is, bud. Find out how to get it and start building your collection. And it's amazing the stuff you will get. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is is symbols. Here's a book on what symbols in the Bible mean. You may wonder, what does different symbols mean? Well, here's a book on that. But if you don't want to get a whole book, for example, look at this. What the symbols of the feast meant in the Old Testament and what they mean now to the redeemed believer. It's all right here. How it spoke, what, how they did it, and how each and every little aspect of it, it always spoke about Jesus. Everything pointed to Christ. And when you get something this like this, and you start reading about what the Passover, the unleavened bread, first fruits, Shavat, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, uh, Shemach Torah, Hannah, uh, whatever, and Purim, when you start reading about what these things mean, it all points to Jesus. And I know that people say, that sounds so boring. Man, not when you're excited about the Word. And so that's why I'm giving you this information, okay? You're welcome. Thank you for thanking me. Okay, and, and expository, expository, expository study. Very comprehensive and searches in all directions for any information that is necessary to exposit or bring out the meaning of the text. And once again, vines, uh, once again, uh, you can get, for example, the Evangelical Dictionary of Theology. And, and we're, that's the next thing right there. Biblical history. If you want to know what, how they were living and what it was like in the days of Daniel, or you want to know 
uh, the, the, the sequences of how the, the Bible was written and who was where and who, and what was going on. You can get stuff like this and you can look up words and you can find out about the cities. You can find out about the pagan gods, the way they used to worship their pagan gods. And, and it just gets you into a whole new world of stuff you might have never been in before. And then you could get into this, this, a lot of this stuff is what they used in, in Bible schools. This two volume set right here is, I would recommend this for everybody. Uh, Baker, Encyclopedia of the Bible, Volume One and Two. There is nothing you cannot find in there, and uh, I tell you this: you would just fall in love with this material. Man, this this stuff is better than a new car. We used to fight over those two volumes. Yeah, we we would fight over these, and then we started fighting over the keyword, and uh, so I bought her one, and I kept the old one, and then uh, the Spirit Filled Life Bible by Jack Hayford. It's got Strong's words already in it. So you don't have to go dig this big thing out all the time. A lot of times, the Strong's words are already here with the definition. And then it'll show you other things and give you other teachings. I mean, there is just so much. And then you've got what I started off with uh, years ago. My mom and dad bought me uh, the uh, Thompson Chain Reference Bible. And, and, and in here, you... you, you you look up a word, it gives you a number, and you go in the back, and it just gives you other numbers and definitions and where you can find that same word, identical in the Greek and the Hebrew. And before you know it, man, you've just got eight books all over the table, and you're taking notes, and you're finding stuff from here, and you're finding stuff from there, and you're starting to see how God and all His infinite wisdom started pulling from here. And pulling, He gives you a scripture here, a symbol here. Here I got a book on numbers, a typology. He shows you what this number means. This number was over here in this symbol, and it was a typology of this in the Old Testament, but it came out in Christ in the New Testament. And, 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 and just all these most awesome things. And then, like this thing right here, a hundred prophecies fulfilled in the life of Christ. Three bucks, dude. Three bucks. And you, you got all... A hundred prophecies fulfilled in the life of Christ. This is, this is awesome. Just to read about my Jesus. That dove that they brought over the water. And they would let one dove go free after they'd sprinkled the blood of the dead dove on that one and they would cut its head on the on a piece of wood over the water and sprinkle the blood of the living dove and then let the living dove go. All symbolic of Christ being crucified on a wooden cross over a dead world but bringing life as it flows. And the blood, the dove with the blood being let loose talking about in his death our sins are going to be taken with Him and it will be eternally washed and wiped away, forgotten, never to return again. Man, that's one example. Everything. The feather, the ring post through the tent of the tabernacle. And, and that's, a, that's, a, that's another thing. You, right here, look at this. You want to study Jesus? You have to study the tabernacle. And so you take the tabernacle and you get all this information and everything in there points to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, I know not everybody can go to Bible school, but we can all live the rest of our lives students of the living Word of God. Amen? And then there are just so many other things, helps and commentaries. I told you about some of them. And then guess what? You get some of this stuff. And you start walking through it and studying it. Oh, Lord, look at the time. It develops, it develops into personal experience. Romans 5 says that what you get from God turns into personal experience. And personal experience turns into endurance, which means endurance turns into hope that never gives up or makes ashamed. You see, I'm not living on knowledge. I'm living by my experience. I'm not worrying about the future by trying to correct it with knowledge. The knowledge has given me experience for today. 
And the knowledge today will turn into experience tomorrow to get me through the next few days and the next few weeks. So this knowledge builds experience. It builds up an education. Amen? Hallelujah. And uh, Luke twenty four forty four, Jesus knew Scripture. Daniel 9, 2, he was studying the Word of God and he read one day. Listen to this. Daniel's reading and he reads that the prophet spoke about 70 years of captivity. And he looked at the calendar and he says, 70 years of captivity, up today. Got on his knees and started praying. And God started doing a transformation because he saw through the revelation of the Word, that's over with. Well, you know what? You and I, we may not be in captivity in Babylon, but we may be in captivity by something else. And while we're reading this Word of God, all of a sudden, oh, all of a sudden, so, hey, 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 I see today that my captivity in that area is over. Hallelujah. I see today, I don't have to live that way anymore. I see where it is written that, that I've been freed from that, so I'm getting up, I'm walking out of here. I'm not nobody's slave or eunuch anymore. I'm a child of the Most High God. Amen. And, and so you get into all these different things, and they, they find the Word of God after it's been lost. Nehemiah, and they get all excited. And, and then, uh, let me just say this right quick. Uh, the Old Testament was completed with the book of Malachi in 400 B.C. The New Testament was written in 50 A.D. And uh, all fulfilled by the Holy Spirit. The uh, word testament, as you know, means contract or covenant. Uh, the Bible is made up of 66 books. The first five is called the Pentateuch, which is the, means, it's the word for five. It means the first five books written by Moses, uh, Joshua, and Esther. Joshua through Esther are 12 books of history. And then Job through Song of Solomon are five books of poetry. And then Isaiah through Malachi are 17 books of prophecy. And they're divided into five major prophetic books and 12 minor prophetic books. And then the New Testament, the first five books of the New Testament are history. And then uh, 21 books of doctrine. And then one prophetic book of revelation. All of that... In this holy writ. <laughs> I love my job. You hear people say on TV, I love my job. Oh, I love my job. We have a great life. We are so blessed. And that's not to mention, you, can, you don't like to read, you can listen to CDs on the way to work. You lazy thing. I don't have time. You are a liar. There are CDs in any translation. There's calendars with little bless me scriptures on the calendar. There's bumper stickers. I mean, there's daily devotionals that are, can be sent to you free. Oh my God, wait a minute. What, st- what series? No, what series? What C-Glow am I living in? You can get a download every day. Century, not century, not C-Glow. I'm speaking Spanish here. Every, what century am I living in? You can get a free download from 50 different ministries every day with a devotional. You can get a download what to pray for every day. From 50 different different people telling you how to pray. We are living in the most advanced, knowledgeable time in history for the church. Why? So there is no reason for us to perish. And there's no reason why you, my brother and my sister... There's no reason why none of us cannot find the answers we need for our life and the life of those around us. There's no reason why our future is dark and you're not getting out of whatever you're in. There is no reason why. There's so much available. The psychiatrist and the medics, medication and all that other stuff, it's all limited. But that is unlimited. That stuff I got on the platform right here, so far, we have six to eight bookshelves. And we're build, uh, Brother James is building us another wall-to-wall bookshelf. Because there's just not enough. And people say, don't you have enough? Oh, 
Look what I found on sale. Look what I found for 99 cents on the internet. It's just so rich. Of course, that's our main book. And most of the stuff I gave you today, all this stuff right here, is just about the Bible. And you just build stuff about the Bible because you never want a move away. This is our foundation. This is our rock. This is our anchor. We don't ever substitute this by something written by man. Never. This is holy. This is sprinkled on by the blood of Christ and breathed through the Spirit of God Himself. When you hold this, you're holding the hand of God. We don't ever substitute this for anything else. This is first and foremost. If we will hide this in our heart, He says we shall be blessed. And we see the blessings of God. Amen. Well, listen, I know I might have talked fast and I'm not much of a teacher. When it, I know how to use this stuff. I don't know how to explain it all. But you're free to come and look at everything. Don't take nothing, please. <laughs> Some of it was my dad's. A lot of it was my dad's. But look, come and look and write down emails or internet addresses, how to get it and all that. We can explain to you how to use some of this stuff. And if there's anything not here, we can tell you about where to get it. But what we want, we want you to see you building a library. We want you to be able to go and pull something off and find the answer that you're searching for. We want you to live a rich life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's stand up, please. Did you get something out of this? Okay. Praise God. Oh, okay. Let me pray because it's kind of late. Let me pray. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for how you're filling our hearts with a hunger and a thirst after righteousness. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are with us to teach us and to guide us and to lead us. We ask you, Holy Spirit, that you, you cause us to hunger and thirst. Even when we lose sleep, it's worth it. Because there's something divine and direct you want to give us straight from the Father's throne. Lord, I just ask you right now to ignite in us a wisdom and an understanding to, to better comprehend and receive. And Lord, the wisdom to write down. Oh, so often we're, we, we don't write down what you give us. We don't take notes on what you're speaking to us. Lord, help us and teach us to be students of you, Holy Spirit, and of the Word of God. And we thank you for blessing each and every one here. Thank you that each and every one are finding the answers that they need for their life. And we give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen, amen and Amen. Well, we love you and we bless you. See you. Well, I won't be here Sunday, but y'all come Sunday because y'all got a blessing for you Sunday. Y'all come Sunday and we'll see you next week. God bless you. Amen.